This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning, good morning, Radio Land, all the people that's listening. You have arrived. It's 11.30 a.m., Wave 94, 94.1. Escape to Heaven, Servant Marcia, Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you had a wonderful Sunday and you had a great Easter and all of that. And I've been thinking about the church people, those of us that just love getting up on Sunday and going through the week, and we're trying so hard. But the question is, are the church people blessed or are they cursed? Who are they? What is their destiny? Will we be saved? Church people are generally those Go to church often, pay tithes, offerings, shout, dance, pray, sing, profess righteousness, appear to follow the standards of godliness and should be the answer to the problems of the world. But what happens when the church people in truth are just like the lost and do not follow their own God, but instead worship the same empty, useless gods as the rest of the world is all lost. That's, that's what I'm going to try to figure out today. And, um, and going in the Bible, we landed over in Jeremiah where the Lord is speaking to the prophet and he's saying, bring out the bones. And that's something of the kings of Judah the bones of his princes and the bones of the priests and the prophets and all of the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he says, bring it out of their graves. Now, that's quite a commandment for the Lord to tell his own prophet. But that's what he said. Then he said, take those bones and spread them out before the sun, the moon and all the hosts of the heaven whom they have loved, whom they have served and worshiped. And they shall not be gathered nor buried, but they shall be for dunk upon the face of the earth. And death shall be chosen rather by life, by all the residue of them that remain of this evil family, which remain in all the places where I have driven them, said the Lord of hosts. And moreover, thou shalt say unto them, thus said the Lord, Shall they fall and rise? Shall he turn away and not return? Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. So I'm going to stop there because what we want to understand is 
How does Jerusalem relate to we, the church people, the people of today that are called Christians and literally going to church and, and living a lifestyle that says you're not a part of this world? How do we actually appear to be Jerusalem of old, perpetually backsliding? You know, a lot of us says, uh, oh, God, God understand. God sees my heart. But God also sees your actions. And if your actions are not lining up with righteousness, then in God's eyesight, you really are a perpetual backslider. And God sees what you're doing. Here's what the Lord said to uh, the prophet Jeremiah. He said, I hearkened and heard, but they don't speak right. No man repent of his wickedness, saying, what have I done? Everyone turns to his own course, and even the stork in heaven know her appointed time. The turtle, the crane, the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people know not the judgment of the Lord. How do you say you're wise? And the law of the Lord is with us when you don't even know when you're not living holy. That's what the Lord means. And wise men are ashamed and dismayed. Why? Because they've rejected the word of the Lord. And what wisdom is them? See, wisdom is, the, I think it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you are not becoming wise, then God, the fear of God is not in you and God himself is not in you. Therefore, here's the punishment that God says he will extend to those who pretend to be righteous and they really are not. I will give their wives unto others, their fields to them that shall inherit them for everyone from the least even unto the greatest is given to covetousness. So when you're looking at what the Joneses have and you're trying to look like them and buy the same cars and houses and spend your money on just things that are going to pass away anyway, but you're not really spending a whole lot of your money trying to heal the sick, raise the dead, doing the commandment that Jesus had given us, uh, it's possible that covetousness is prevalent. Um, and then even the Lord... Uh, said to the prophet Jeremiah that the prophets and the priests, that they have dealt falsely with the flock. Why? Because the preacher is not preaching the word, but um, healing the hurt of the daughter, saying peace, peace, where there is no peace. You know, they've committed abomination, but no one's ashamed. They don't even blush. So they shall fall, the prophets and the priests, for not telling the people honestly that they're not following the way of the Lord, they will fall at the time of the visitation. They shall be cast down. The Lord say he will consume them and there will be no grapes on the vine or figs on the fig tree and the things that God gave them, they shall pass away. So you can be a person that started out righteously, meaning you're following in many cases, the tradition of our families. A lot of us go to various churches because that's where our family went. But the point is not going to the church. The point is, is Holy Spirit, is the Word of God operating inside of you? 
As long as we're just going to church and, and following protocol, Jeremiah 8 says, there's no hope, no help for the unrepentant saint or churchgoer. Why? The harvest is past. The summer is ended and we are not saved. <laughs> so that means the spirit of the Lord came to save. Uh, Holy Spirit came. Uh, Jesus grace came. All of that, but the people of God did not reach out and grab on to being changed and transformed. And uh, the question becomes, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the people of God being recovered? We should not be experiencing the same thing that the people in the world are experiencing and receiving the same results. If we do experience what the people of the world is going through, our results should be different. Why? Because we are the children of the living God. But if you have made a decision that you're going to live in both worlds, that you're going to go to church on Sundays and Wednesday, and then the rest of the week, you're going to live just like the rest of the world, watching the same TV shows, uh, looking at pornography, uh, doing what they do, doing what the world do. There's no difference between you and the world. Then Jeremiah, the ninth chapter, thus said the Lord, let not the wise man glory to his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understand and know the Lord, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, said the Lord. Behold, the day cometh, says the Lord, that I will punish all them which are circumcised and the circums and the uncircumcised. That means that a day is coming when God is going to look throughout the churchgoers, those whose name is listed on all these church records, doing all the many good things that you're doing, but not allowing yourself to be transformed because you cannot live superficially. You now must live the truth. You must allow the Lord to change you, to transform you. You cannot pretend to be clean, but then you're really dirty because God says he's going to punish the circumcised, meaning those that know his way, but are not doing it. And the uncircumcised, which is the sinner, that really do not know better or is not doing better at all. So God will curse his own people. He's done that in Jeremiah 11 chapter that talking about the relationship that God has shown with the people that he himself chose through Abraham. And that would be the Israelites. So particularly those that he called Judah, because, you know, as the Israelites, they separated into Israel, the 10 tribes and Judah, the two tribes that were supposedly following Jehovah. So here's what God himself said to the prophet Jeremiah. Hear ye the words of this covenant and speak unto the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. 
Thus said the Lord God official, curse be the man that obeyeth not the words of this covenant, which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. Obey my voice, do them according to all which I command. So shall ye be my people and I will be your God that I may perform the oath, which I've sworn unto your fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey as it is this day. Because here's what the Lord has found, the people that he has blessed. And I don't know about you. I can honestly say that God has blessed me and I'm sure he has blessed you. But you cannot receive the blessings of the Lord and not change your way, change your thoughts, change your heart, change your actions, because the Lord is continuously observing us as he did Jerusalem. And here's what he said about his observation of the tribe of Judah and those that lived in Jerusalem. He said, for according to the number of your cities, that's how many gods you had. (laughs) And according to the number of the streets of Jerusalem, you set up altars to that shameful thing, that that fallen angel, that 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 small G God, Baal. Therefore, he told the prophet Jerusalem, like he will tell true men and women of God, do not pray for them. And that's a bad thing. When God says, don't pray for them because I'm not going to listen to your prayers. And this is what he said to prophet Jerusalem. Pray not thou for these people. Do not lift up a cry or a prayer for them. I will not hear them in the time of their trouble because they were my beloved, but they did so much lewdness, so much sin, so much abomination with other gods. (laughs) They cannot be mine. They will not repent. They do evil. I cannot rejoice in them. And the Lord said that I called them a green olive tree fair and of goodly fruit. Last time we spoke about how serious God is about fruitfulness. But if you bring forth fruit and it is not of righteousness, then the Lord himself will take you and you who he planted, you who he nurtured, you who he spoke to in the middle of the night, and he will burn you up himself. He'll destroy you himself. There is such a thing as God's wrath. Over in Romans, the first chapter says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth, meaning you know the way of God, but you choose unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. You and I cannot go outside and look out and see the clouds and the trees, the birds, the animals, the rain, the snow, and not know in our heart that there is a God. And Romans, the first chapter says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, that's you and I, even 
his eternal power and Godhead so that we are without excuse. We cannot pretend that we don't know that God is real. Now, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. And so they changed the glory of the incorruptible, unincorruptible, uncorruptible God into an image like corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, creeping things. So God then gave them over to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Why? Because they changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the create the creature, things that were created more than the creator. And the creator is blessed forever. God made a plea to his people in Jerusalem, just like he's pleading to you and I, you know, a lot of times, but what we're dealing with in earth, we want to escape to heaven. We want to, we want to really run to the bosom of God, but how can we run to a holy God as unholy as we consciously choose to be knowing righteousness? It's one thing when you, you know, have still not come to the knowledge of righteousness, you know, um, and you're running towards the Lord and God has his arms open and say, come to me, my son. But when you taste the goodness of the Lord and lived holy and then decided that, you know, you can do it your way, not God's way, that that's a huge risk for you to take. In, Jer- in uh, Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, the Lord was pleading, he was begging the house of Israel, meaning all 12 tribes, all that he chose to be his own, just like he's chosen you and I today by faith through Abraham. We have now been counted in to the, the tribes of Israel. And this is what the Lord said. He said, do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles are those nations when the Lord came down and looked at that towel of Babel and uh, he, he caused everyone to speak different languages that also served to separate mankind into 70 different nations. Now those nations that did not have covenant with the creator God those are the Gentiles. Most of us today are from the lineage of the Gentiles. The Lord instructed his own, that small lot that he chose through Abraham, the Israelites, through Jacob. Jacob became Israel. Okay. He said, do not learn the ways of the Gentiles and do not be dismayed at the signs of the heavens because the Gentiles with astrology and all of the fallen angels and gods that they worship, they are dismayed at the signs of heaven for the customs of the people are futile. And this is the Lord speaking through the prophet Jeremiah to his own people. 
He said uh, they cut trees from the forest. They decorate it with silver and gold and they, they fasten it with nails and hammers so it won't tumble. And, um, and the tree can't speak. It, it, they got to carry the tree uh, because the tree can't go by itself. So he said, do not be afraid of Gentiles for they cannot do you any evil. They cannot do you any good. Why? Because there is none like God the Father. None. Our Father is great. His name is great and might. So who would not fear the Lord, the King of all the nations? Um, for among all the wise men and, and all their righteousness, there is none like God. But a wooden idol is a worthless doctrine, a silver beaten into place, gold and, and blue and purple clothing. I mean, this is the work of skillful men. But the Lord, he's the true God. He's the living God, everlasting king. And at his wrath, the earth will tremble. The nations will not be able to endure God's wrath. So, God himself, those gods that uh, people have worshipped and are still worshipping, they did not make the heavens. They did not make the earth, and they shall perish. Those same gods, all those gods, I'm not even going to call their names. But Hindu people worship gods, Buddha, uh, African people have different gods that they worship from the earth. Uh, you know, you got Santeria, you got all kinds of different quote unquote religions, which are worshiping gods that did not create the heavens and the earth. And these gods themselves, per the Lord, per prophet Jeremiah, will perish. <laughs> because why? God himself has made the earth by his power. He's established the world by his own wisdom. He stretched out the heavens at his own discretion. And when he utters his voice, there's a multitude of warders. God caused the vapors to ascend. He makes lightning. He brings the wind out of his treasure. See, if you are a true believer of the word of God, then this is not your portion, the wrath of God. It's not your portion. God is the maker of of all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. So you and I who are Gentiles, but have become Israelites by faith because of Abraham, his faith, uh, which was counted unto him righteousness, then our inheritance is not God's wrath. That is not our portion. Okay. But those of those that because of the hardness of their heart and the impotence of their heart uh, will not repent and submit unto the ways of God. Then all you're doing is building up more despair unto yourself when the day of wrath, God's wrath come upon the earth. Because God is going to render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patience continuously do good. 
and seek for the glory and honor and immortality, eternal life unto the Lord. So those people, uh, they will receive eternal life. Why? Because they're seeking the things of the Lord. But unto those that refuse to believe that God is God, or you're living a lifestyle where you're lukewarm, and that means God will spew you out of his mouth. He'll spit you out of his mouth. Because why? Sometimes you're holy, most times you're not. Because you want to be accepted by this world. So therefore, uh, God calls you contentious. You don't obey the truth. You'd rather be unrighteous, and, and you're going to have indignation and wrath, tribulation, anguish. Every soul of man that doeth evil, first the Jews, meaning those that understood righteousness but didn't do it, and of the Gentiles who never really had a covenant with the Lord and can only receive a covenant now through Jesus Christ by faith because of also the faith that Abraham exhibited. Hmm. But if you work good, then here's what God's immute to you. Glory, honor, and peace to every man that worked good, first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. But remember, God has no respect of persons. So he looks at all of us evenly. We're all his creation. And at the end of the day, he chose the tribe of Israel to exhibit godliness upon the earth. But they decided, just like many of us have decided, to not stand out and stand for the Lord and stand for righteousness. But instead, we have commingled with the loss and we cannot be distinguished. And that is the sin that Jerusalem committed, that the Jews, that the Israelites committed in the land of Jerusalem. So a true believer it's more than a churchgoer, more than a church person. Why? For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. That's in Romans Second chapter. I, I think I want to be a true believer. I am encouraging you that if you're interested in escaping to heaven, that you make a decision to change your heart. Let it be a heart that's inclined towards the Father. Romans, the fourth chapter says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Okay. This blessedness comes only upon the circumcision, only. And that's circumcision of the heart, okay? For we know that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness and the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet. Uncircumcised. So remember, he was not yet circumcised. He didn't get circumcised until I think he was like a hundred, something like that. 
when I think uh, Ishmael was also circumcised. So righteousness was counted unto him while he was yet uncircumcised because of faith, the righteousness of faith. So if they which are of the law be heirs, then, you know, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. And anytime you have the law, then, you know, that's going to give wrath. But if there is no law, there's no transgression. So if we have faith, now we have grace. Okay. And that's what you and I are living under grace. Because the promise might be made sure to all the seed, meaning the seed of Jesus, which leads us, you know, to Abraham, who uh, had the seed Jesus. <laughs> okay, so I know it sounds kind of complicated, but I'll make it simple. If you receive Jesus Christ, right, and you believe that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, Okay, that means that you're walking in faith. And if you're walking in faith, then grace has been released unto you because God commended his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then much more than that, we're now justified by his blood. So we're saved from God's wrath through Jesus Christ. Okay, we're reconciled to God by the death of his son. And so we are saved because of Jesus obedience. Okay. Now where sin abound, grace abounds much more. So just like sin led us to death, grace leads us to righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ, our Lord. So sin no longer have dominion over you. That means that you can repent when you do something wrong because grace is extended. But, you know, shall we continue in sin? And uh, the answer is no, we shall not. Amen. Uh, we shall not. Uh, because whomever, whichever spirit we lend out, body to, then that's who we are servants and slaves to. So when we commit sin, now we're a slave to sin. When we uh, move towards righteousness, we become a servant to righteousness. Amen. So that means we're obeying from the heart, the doctrine that's going to save you from sin. So here's the conclusion of it all. God's love plus Jesus bringing truth and grace into the earth realm. Jesus sacrificed Abraham uh, as our spiritual father because of Jesus uh, walked into righteousness by faith. And now you, the benefactor of this elaborate, impossible, inconceivable plan to translate you from eternal damnation because of what Satan did in the Garden of Eden. And again, with the Tower of Babel, bringing the entire world uh, against God, the father and forcing all of us to be separated unto fallen angels as our leaders instead of our great father. Amen. But because of Jesus, because of Jesus, we have been, we have the opportunity to be translated from eternal damnation into everlasting life with our father, the ancient of days to the marriage and union with his son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And in Revelations 19, chapter said, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor 
to him for the marriage of the lamb. That's where we're going, guys. This age that we have been living in is now ending the age of grace and truth. And we're rapidly running to the age of the millennium, which means the church is now becoming the bride. Why? The church is hearing the words that God is releasing. The church is beginning to repent. The church is making herself ready. No one else can do it for the church. The church must make herself ready to become the bride. And to her, it's granted that she would be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the linen, the fine linen, is the righteousness of the saints of God. So get ready, get ready, get ready. Uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb is, is, is happening. Uh, we all have been invited. But the question is, will you get ready to attend? And so I'm going to pray for us right now that, Lord, we know who the church people are and we know that you have blessed us. But we, through disobedience, can walk straight into curses. And so, Father, I ask for your mercy and your grace. And Lord, I ask you to extend your arm, your great arm, and pull us out again, Lord. Whatever level of darkness that we may have fallen into, pull us out, Lord God, because you have the power to do it, Lord God. And then allow us to remember that you have chosen us, Lord, and that we have the ability and we have the capacity to get ourselves ready, Lord, to not be uh, a recipient of your wrath, Lord, but instead to be a recipient of your blessings. Father God, I thank you for this wonderful day that you've waken us up again to receive your blessings and not your curses. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray for our, our, our deliverance. I pray for our blessings and I pray for us now preparing ourselves guided by the Holy Spirit to get ready for your soon coming King. The rapture is coming, guys. Let's get ready. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Be blessed, and I can't wait to see you next time. God loves you. Bye. Bye.